ready to go. Can you hear things? Yeah. You look good. No, you look good. Well, I know that. Right. Welcome back to Jacob V Weekly. The first time we've done an episode seven days after another one in a long time, and I'm grateful for it. Um, we want to start, as we do every episode, by asking you to reach out and donate to Caddyshack of New Hamill, Illinois. That's Caddyshack, C-A-T-T-Y, Caddyshack, uh, I-L, I want to say, on Facebook. They have a legit website, and uh, they're a real DIY cat rescue operation. There's no big secret bag of money there's no diabolical tax uh criminals involved really great folks good friends of mine also uh patreon i actually wanted to go ahead and take a minute to thank all of my patrons by name uh i'm just because i didn't ask you if this was okay i'm just going to use your first names just for your anonymity and anonymity because we actually took home some money from Patreon for the first time since launching it. Um, the uh, It took me just you know that long to find out how to get money out of it and set it all up. And, uh, and also, I you know subscribed to some people on Patreon. So we're also finally to the point where um, my Patreon donations are being paid for by my Patreon earnings, which is just great. We finally crossed the threshold, and I'm just so in love with all nine of you. Um, let's talk about, uh, Joseph Peary, God bless newest member, Kristen Moore, my lovely, uh, aunt. I don't have to do the last names. Um, Sarah from Caddyshack. Um, Tom, good friend of mine. Tom has got an album in the works. We'll talk about that when it's here. Austin, Doreen, some OGs. I could not do it without you. My brother who co-hosts the show frequently clay, the love of my life. He has a beautiful voice. He's so great. Everything about him is great. He was in the he was in the recently uh the uh what was it? Jacob Return, Jacob V Returns or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. Was he was him, in a right? recent episode. He he did a couple episodes with me recently. He's my got a my great good friend Andy, voice. also a patron, and Matt Riddle, I believe one of our earliest uh patrons and a longtime um collaborator of mine since COVID. Uh that brings us to some stuff. Relevant to talk about my band with Matt blinded by stereo has an album that's been out since November. The vinyl pressing is on the way. There's a release show at the heavy anchor. I believe this summer stay tuned for that, but the album is available for streaming right now. That's tape is the name of the album. It's an acronym. Um, and blinded by stereo is the band. Great stuff. I love, uh, that stuff. And with me today, Sort of new to the podcast environment, my good friend Dee Dee Ludbrook Hello. is here to talk about our band, No Antics, and we'll get into some of our history between us and uh, and whatnot, and uh, I'm just so happy that you're here because we have news, immediate breaking news, new material, a brand new music video, and a brand new single from our band, No Antics, drops 
Is it tonight at midnight or is it like 7 a.m. tomorrow? I believe it's tonight at midnight. Yeah. Yes. And so we just finished this video a couple of weeks ago here in and around my Southampton home. And uh, it's, I mean, we pulled a fucking kid from the skate park who has a camera. And I basically, <laughs> Dean. I basically, I fucking love Dean. I wish Dean could live upstairs in my guest bedroom and he, we could just shoot things all day. That's my fucking dude. He's so easy to work with. And he really let me step in and be the adult in the equation and direct this whole fucking masterpiece. It was exhausting. And shout out to our dear uh, friend and collaborator, uh, Molly, who did uh, the majority, I believe, of the editing. And uh, she's very gifted in that regard. And her and I kind of collaborated to uh, engineer um the final product of this single that's coming out tomorrow entitled grocery you've seen some of those pictures leaked the video and the song are coming out uh april 8th so we are so excited do we have a date lined up are we playing a show someday is it friday the 13th is that the next one yeah we have one at the uh music record shop Oh, that's coming up just a couple weeks. And you know what? Shout out to the music record shop. They have been so nice to us. And we were just on their, um, I don't know if you want to call it a podcast or a YouTube show, but the Subterranean Boat Show is a show about local music. And they, um, they had no antics on to sort of sneak peek some of our material. And that just came out 41 minutes ago. Central yeah. Time. So the Subterranean Boat Show with no antics now live on YouTube. And I've been just kind of, I thought this was a great opportunity to get my podcast out for the week, number one. But also because we have this deadline of we have stuff dropping every minute of the next 24 hours. It's insane that um, Didi, I'm so glad you could be here so that we could yeah. uh, really tell people what they're in for. Cause I've been mentioning no antics a lot. And up until, you know, just recently, all we had was like a one single. And then we finally had a video out and that video was much harder to shoot because we had like 30 or 40 extras cycling throughout the day coming in waves. I mean, that was insane. That was, difficult that was yeah. nuts. I was ready to fucking kill somebody. It was and not, crazy. And was... nobody was even really being a dick. It was just so hard. Yeah. To because we had to we were like directing and blocking out the shots as they were happening. We had no right. plan. Right. We, we knew to... the kind of shots we wanted to get and we had a like a vague script, but there was no actual choreography. No. And no, we, had we to, pretty much. You know what I mean? We had a basic script, but honestly for the la for grocery and withdrawals, the music videos for the most part were we pretty much uh, we we winged it. Wang, we won it. it. We, we won it, it, brother. <laughs> yeah, we pretty That's much the official won both tense. of them. So both of them, I believe, we had like full on scripts for, and then when it came down to filming, we pretty much just kind of like fucking went with whatever, whatever was uh, yeah. happening for the most part. Yeah, and so this video, um, we shot in and around my home, and uh, we had various outfits, and uh, all my neighbors had to see me stomping around on the most beautiful day of the year in uh, my wedding dress which I think we have to retire and get a fresh one. I think it's laying over there next to you, D. It's, oh, um, oh, it you know, there was dog shit in the backyard and it's a long dress and I just can't guarantee that there isn't dog shit on that dress and I don't know how to wash it because it's like vinyl material. Yeah, you'd have to take it to like the fucking... An uh, expert. Yeah. So, like an old Korean family on a mountain. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that seems like it, you know. Um. So, no antics. Uh, we call it modern femme grime it's an alternative rock band it's a contemporary alternative rock band it's uh pretty 
uh, heavy often on some of the guitar tones and implementation, and the bass is just ridiculous. The way our Tyler. friend Tyler plays bass is so um, ferocious and passionate and not at all wild, just thick and loud and strong and proud and yeah. thick. And so it's, you know, um, I've been really yearning for a project like that where there's a, a distinct character to the bass that I don't necessarily have in my own uh, arsenal oh, of most tone. people don't play Yeah, like you Tyler. really gotta, <laughs> yeah, you really have to have a specific set of experiences to be able to throw that much power into the bass. And then, of course, we have our dear friend Miles on drums, who is just uh, the combination of like one of the heaviest and one of the funkiest dudes in the biz and mm -hmm. just so good. And, uh, and then, you know, Molly and you both have your own unique kind of um, uh, compiling of guitar tones. She's very much like a big muff, like uh, thick, saturated fuzz tones. But then the vocals are very feminine and they're usually harmonized really beautifully. Oh, yeah. Even She's within the sort of punk alternative heavy style of. The music, it's just great. I really enjoy it, and that's why I stick around, and I leave all my expensive keyboards over there so that you guys won't kick me out because you'll have to help me carry them out. Well, also, just in case we ever like do, we could just sell them. Yeah, and that's really true. Fuck you over, you know? Yeah, no, I mean it would be okay. I mean I'd yeah. recover. Yeah, I mean you'll get over it. Yeah, you know? we'll just have a little extra money in our pockets. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's a really good plan. And then yeah. you know we could like um, we could hold Tyler for hostage. And oh, we could never do it without you, Jacob. We um, never. We have a really good time. So, uh, and I kind of ended up because you and I were in a band called Ground Control. I kind of came in in what turned out to be kind of the end, and really only served in like a live capacity. We cut. Uh, some of a single. I don't know if we finished it. And uh, I have it in this computer. I could look, but I'm busy talking to you. Yeah. And um, and then that kind of turned into No Antics. It's basically three of us from the last incarnation of Ground Control, which had uh, plenty of, of great members with memorable contributions over the years. Um, so there's been several people in that band. And you guys had a fun reunion show with one version of your lineup that was great. Oh, yeah. And no antics was all in attendance, but then it became like half of ground control and your roommate. And then some lady, some lady. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to go through necessarily <laughs> the traditional nitty gritty of the band because subterranean yeah. boat show just came out. And we do want you to watch that. And they ask us some more introductory questions. So that's a great primer for the project. But um, overall, Didi kind of talked to me a little bit about where does your um, musical background come from? Um, uh, that's kind of one of those questions that's just so hard to answer because I really, I, I couldn't tell you like exactly when the moment was that like Ugh. the music hit, you know, cause you, you, I feel like there's always that point early on in your life where it's just kind of like sounds and you don't really understand it. And, um, my family, like growing up, um, they were always playing music and stuff, but it was like my parents and, and I'm the second oldest. So I, it's not like I had like a way older sibling who was like, yo, you got to check this shit out. It was pretty much just, it came along, um, you know, whenever I... Really, whenever I got into high school and was shown um, the bands that 
I really connected with, like, uh, you know, like Sublime, Slightly Stupid, fucking, right. like, all, all... Other bands all, that begin with an S. Yeah, yeah, basically all the bands that start with an S. But really, really, I, I would say that the, the, uh, the thing that really, really got me into it was meeting some of uh, my friends throughout high school who would kind of just throw me um, different songs and different bands to check out, like... On, right. like daily and so it was and a communal it was a communal experience for you it was kind of accelerated by the other friends that you were making along the way there yeah, yeah definitely i was yeah. definitely a late bloomer into like the the music world because the school that i went to um and, and like middle school and grade school like there wasn't really a music program nobody like that went there was really like too musical or into the arts it was very like a very like sports 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 kind of school it was kind of like that kind of group and then i got to high school where like i got to meet all these different kinds of people with different kinds of interests and, and that's really where i found uh like found uh i guess who i was and who i wanted to uh be you know loving it i'm just making sure the stream was live because i think we got in trouble for that little bit of fergie we let leak in before we started oh, yeah. recording but when we sent the video live we were jamming on glamorous by fergie and Ludacris because uh jack harlow has a song coming out that he where he sampled that and we love that song and so we revive and deep and umg is not happy <laughs> umg is not okay with that so you know that's the risk you take yeah. Yeah. I had a similar experience that, you know, I kind of had already wanted to sing and then a buddy of mine started playing drums and I had a guitar. So it was very much like, okay, let's do that. And uh, that's kind of where um, it all started. Yeah. I love the mix of influences and backgrounds kind of represented on the stuff we've been working on. It's going to end up being a full record's worth of material and we're kind of releasing stuff um, gradually. So you always want to stay tuned for the next um, release because we have other things in the works all the time and we're producing a lot of our stuff ourselves. So we have the benefit of a, a more rapid turnaround time where we can get something done and then out in a couple weeks as opposed to, you know, a six month timeline and, and the traditional way where you would have to uh, release big chunks of material at once. We're trying to, you know, um, gradually kind of leak some of that stuff out. And uh, again, um, you can hear several of the songs on the subterranean boat show that just came out with no antics. And, uh, we have, uh, our, uh, video and new single dropping, uh, I believe at midnight. So by the time most of you are going to hear this, it's already going to be out. So Ooh, open up a tab dog. Go check it out. Open up a tab. No antics. Some love. So what about you though? Was there, was there a specific time where you were like, um, I mean, it had to have been, I, I doubt anybody can remember this, but on, uh, by chance, do you remember the time where like the music really hit you, like gave you goosebumps and you were like, oh my fucking yep, God. I remember exactly. I was just talking about this, that yeah. um, when the White Stripes Hardest Button to Button video came out, this is, must have been like 2003, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was kind of at that point where I was thinking about, you know, that I liked music and I had a guitar already. And uh, so how, wait, and like then how that, old were you at this point? Oh, like thirteen, maybe. Okay. And, um, you know, it was different than the other stuff that was like a lot of the stuff that was on the radio at the time, rock wise, was a lot of white noise and drums and vocals. Like it was, it was mixed that way. It was produced yeah. that way. Like a lot of, um, 
you know, uh, rock music from that time was like that. But then the White Stripes were just, it was so simplified that, like you were saying, you know, you don't even really know why you like something yet because your ear develops so much over time. Yeah, your ear for the music. And so I really didn't know why I liked it, except for that I thought, oh, I could probably do something like that. And it's, you know, it's direct and it sort of uh, hits all the right um, pleasure zones in your adolescent rock and roll brain. And then, but also, you know, isn't overly complicated or overproduced. And then that was sort of my gateway into music in general uh there i had done some musical theater i'd done a little bit of acting i wouldn't say i was a child actor in the sense that i worked but you know through school and stuff as yeah. you have those opportunities i never really liked Plays playing sports so i kind of like went that. for that stuff yeah. at first and then i was in choir until like 10th grade and then you know i took other types of music classes and stuff yeah but uh, yeah, kind of grew from that, and then I'm teaching right now at a local uh, school of uh, uh, school of rock. Uh, school of music, and it's a. Uh, I mean, you know that the those same songs that kind of made me want to start learning to play guitar, and then the stuff that was on the radio that I could learn how to play kind of quickly or whatever at that time that really got me going is the stuff that kids are kind of starting with now. Did now. you? Did you- uh, what was your first instrument? I know you kind of play bass. A bit uh, I had a guitar, but then I um, we thought my hands were going to be too big for guitar, so we got me a bass. But then yeah. there were guitars in the family around, and so I kept ending up with them, and you know, quickly moved to guitar uh, mm. and kind of wanted to do both. And then by seventeen, I think I started learning how to play keyboard because I think my friend had shown me where like a C chord was, and then um, it was just something I, I wanted to have in my. Uh, thing so it kind of just grew out of the stuff i was learning playing guitar and then i took a music theory class my senior year in high school it became ap music theory later but it wasn't that yet and um got to really know the music theory stuff in the context of notes on a piano or a keyboard and so then that kind of kicked that along and it's you know but it's got the edumacation on it uh-huh. yeah. sure sure so that's all a part of my thing but it really was all you know i mean my initial thing like when i was a little kid i wanted to be a dancer because Ooh. like when i was a little kid i loved like the spice girls and britney spears and like that was all brand new at the time i mean how could you and, not but i'm i'm a little too big and heavy and and lopsided and uh my legs are a little too short to like skateboard or like dance professionally so you know um well you never know yeah, playing keyboard is great because I could sit down. Yeah, you can kind of kick, I mean, kick back, relax, and just listen to the grooves and play along. Just sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's how I like it. Yeah. And uh, and also you get so much work playing keyboard in a town like this because so few people play keyboard oh, compared to like needs. guitar and stuff. You know what I mean? Everybody needs a keyboard player. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have one, they need to get one. But yeah, there aren't a lot of honestly. them. Honestly. And a lot of them are also guitar players. Yeah. And a lot of them would rather play guitar. And I kind of got, you know, I get opportunities to play guitar. I can play guitar anytime I want. Yeah. So... Even and a lot us, of my own, you know, even you with know. us, if you ever wanted, to. I knew that was coming. I can't, I can't, I only have 11,000 guitars. I can't just leave them all over yeah, town. Well, that's, I mean, Molly is like, Molly also plays keys and that's it would true. Be super cool eventually to get you on a song playing guitar yeah. and singing. And then she can, yeah. have I do keys. like hiding behind the keyboards cause I'm so much older than all you guys. And I, I mean, it's looked like, is yeah. it, is it the guy's dad? Does he own the PA? Who is that? I don't know. They're like, that's that cool fucking dude. Oh, there that's the wizard brother. 
<laughs> it's the wizard. I think I'm going to start dressing yeah. like a wizard. But that's funny that you say, uh, I also started on bass because, uh, so I, I, I attempted my first attempt at music and, and this is before I really like got that feeling for music. My first like attempt was bass. Um, because one of my best friends, his dad played in a, uh, in a cover band and he played bass. And so I would go over there and just fuck around on his little on his, in base? his basement. Yeah. And I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Oh my God. And, uh, so I took, I went, I went and I took a few bass lessons and, um, nothing really ever came from it, but that, um, that was way before I really got into music. So that was about four or five years before I even picked up a guitar again. And yeah. So after that is really, I guess that, I guess you could say that was my first instrument, although I didn't really like learn anything until I started playing guitar. Mm -hmm. But the first thing that I picked up really was a bass. Yeah. I mean, I I mean, it makes sense because they're tuned the same and it's, you know, uh, less strings. You play one note at a time. And I think that was my like thing behind it was like, what's like the, cause like I didn't know shit about shit. So I was like, what's like the easiest thing like that I could like get myself into this with. And it kind of seemed to be bass, although there's so much more to bass than. Well, and that's the thing. Yeah. It's a good starting point if you're going to move on to guitar, but if you're going to stay on bass, there's plenty to learn. There's plenty to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I teach, um, bass and, uh, keyboard on top of guitar also. So that's been, that's been crazy. So I've been, you know, trying to, trying to do that thing of like with my kids that are sticking with bass and doing the bass thing. I'm like, listen, you gotta, we gotta, we gotta study groove brother. We gotta talk about funk how how old are the kids that you're teaching anywhere from like seven to like i have a 48 year old man yeah what are the younger kids like what what like i remember when i i didn't take guitar lessons for very long but i remember when i when i did for those couple months i would always come in with a new song that i wanted to learn is there like what are like the seven-year-olds into right now because like i i have no fucking idea well we start them with things like a lot of them start with something like seven nation army mm-hmm. by the white stripes um well well i'm asking like is there a like a, an artist or like well um, that's funny because the spectrum is crazy yeah because um i have you know i have a kid who plays keyboard who wants to you know we the first thing we learned was um hide by juice world from spider-man the multiverse movie and uh it's really the same like chord progression just in a different key as like all along the watchtower so then i showed him that and said so sometimes to show him how like chord progressions if you move them around they could be different songs and so you really don't have to learn everything separately that's huge and then i've been you know and he's literally like nine and i got him uh like jamming i said so listen i'm gonna give you a list of all the notes we can hit can you show me where each of these notes are one at a time and then we're gonna play along to this track and i just want you to you get to choose i just did this fucking spiel for five hours today but i love it it's kind of this thing i've been crafting and so i i say okay so we're in g minor so you get like these eight notes and you can hit those anywhere on the keyboard at any point you're just going to try to do it in a way that sounds good to you right yeah. and so basically forcing them to rip a keyboard solo 
over like an entire jam track. And if it's going well, I'll let yeah. it go. The jam tracks are like 10 minutes long. Yeah. And then, you know, if it's not going so great, then I'll give them like 90 seconds and I'll let them kind of struggle with it. And then I'll say, okay, so what do you want to try differently? But usually it's been going that they just want to rip it up. And some of them, I mean, you could, you, even though they've never improvised before and they're so new to their Damn. instrument, you can like hear their voice in it. Oh, bro. I have this one kid who is, who plays less notes, but very like delicately chosen yeah. and it, it, the the melodies that kind of emerge are very um uh sweet and then the, the other kid was you know um he really like minor thirds and doing like a bluesy kind of a thing and they're children who don't even know what they're doing but i'm you know we're we're doing like uh kind of see. solos brother we're doing solos it's you can kind of see yeah how mr v is back class is in session and we're doing solos guys yeah and it's well, uh, that's kind of one of the scariest things dude is when you're i, I remember uh like i like miles our, our drummer uh he he was in a band brainwaves in high school and this is like right like they they were kind of they they had been going for a few years but when i actually picked up a guitar really we would go to brian's house and we would uh we would jam more or less they would jam and every once in a while i would attempt to pick it up and nothing really would ever come to it but the scariest thing is like improvising in front of people who know what the fuck they're doing oh when yeah you don't yeah that but is you know what thing. one of my first days here at the school i'm working at um they just come back from a conference and they were talking about victor wooten's book the music lesson mm-hmm Victor Wooten, the bassist. Yeah. And, and basically the conjecture was that, you know, the goal is to allow new students of music to jam with experts. So creating opportunities for them to experiment in that way, in a way that's safe and where they can learn constructively and not, you know, and that's the best and not flub a guitar solo for the first time in front of people in an actual performance setting but and it's just something that i've been talking to them so you were asking what do they want to learn and so they definitely songs are definitely a part of it a lot of them play in the groups and they want to uh you know they have songs they have to learn for those different groups they do but also they have songs that they like that they want to learn and then i also but i also explained to them that if we're going to learn a song we're also going to spend time on the techniques that you need to play the song like last saturday i taught mary jane's last dance five times in a row because it's a great way to practice those open chords, but start adding right hand rhythm to it. The bends and uh, yeah, the hammer ons and stuff. And so whether you're playing the single notes along with the baseline or whether you're doing the full chords and trying to completely mimic the rhythmic structure, it's helping you move from that a minor to that G to that E minor seven to the a like it's, um, it's getting you to practice those chords that are in thousands of songs and also keeping up with the tempo is really hard. You don't want to get in a habit of starting to play something and then stopping and starting over yeah, when you mess up. You, you want to you want to play through the mistakes. And you, you and you and me yeah. talked about this that when you're playing music, it's a <laughs> thing that exists 
in the space, independent of you. It's going to keep happening if you stop playing. Mm. And it's not going to start over with you if you mess up and you want to start over unless you make everybody stop and you totally derail the whole thing, which you should never do. Right. You should just jump back in when you know where you are, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, and that's how you learn how to do those things. You know mm. what I mean? And also, some ar- archaic habits, like if you're used to playing a G chord a certain way, uh, but it makes it harder for you to get there from an A minor chord. There's other ways. I play guitar every week for money, and yeah. there's different. I'm, I never hit a G chord like it looks in the book because uh, uh, yeah, I usually can't. Way. I have these big chubby fingers. I usually don't have the way to <laughs> to hit that major third anyway. So I'm already blocking that out. So we can use two fingers, brother. I'm doing yeah. it. I'm doing it over here. We could just stretch these. Stretch my penguin flipper. Oh, that's the over that's the, the fretboard way, man. You can play. You can don't play. start. Don't start. You can play a fucking a C major bar chord the way it tells you in the book, or you can hit it the Jimmy way, mm-hmm. Jimmy style, and just Jimmy use style. your index finger. Jimmy style should be like a like a secret menu yeah. code word at steak real, and shake or something. Man, for real. And what would Jimmy uh, style be if you got a steak burger? Jimmy style. How would it be different? Shit, man. They'd have to grill it on a motherfucking. Uh, they'd have to grill it on a record. I'd have to grill it on a on an old blues spinning record. That would melt. It would melt. It would have hard. They'd have to vinyl on it. Find a way, man. So maybe the grill just looks like a. It doesn't have to be vinyl. But it could be a record made out of iron. Yeah, cast iron. Yeah, it might we be should a make heavy. cast iron skillets that look like records, Dee Dee, and, and we'll sell we them go. at festivals, and they'll get left behind, and they'll be very heavy. And that's how you grill. That's how you grill a burger. Jimi Hendrix style. Put some, put some fucking, make some BB King. You know what? Shout out to our. I don't think I talked about this on the show, but Subterranean Boat Show with no antics that just came out an hour and five minutes ago. We all picked a record from the store and talked about it and talked about why we liked it. And I picked one by a band called Survivor. And the lead singer of Survivor was a man named Jimmy Jameson who went on. He spelled his name J-I-M-I, like Jimi Hendrix, but I know you were talking about Jimi Hendrix. But Jimmy Jameson then went on to sing the theme song, I'm Always Here, to the show Baywatch. Oh, damn. Which is one I've of the- I've never f- actually seen that. Which but... was one of the earliest songs I ever remember. No, I used to sit at the kitchen table at my aunt's house and watch Baywatch on a little TV in the corner. Yeah. And the the song has like really dramatic piano and big drums and uh, it's very good. I would yeah. play it, but UMG would probably cancel the rest of this video. Like they tried to, yeah, like they tried to get me at the top of the hour. No way. No oh, way. so you know everything is interconnected. You, the world is a simulation. Um, are you do you subscribe to my Spotify playlists? Um, you piece of shit. Playlists? Yeah, we're not even. I make a new playlist every month. Jacob V's favorite songs on Spotify, and I update it every month, and I add to it all month. And when we hit a new month, I start a new one. April is up, and it grows with the month. So you can go back every day, and there's going to be new stuff. Well, I need to get on that. And it's not just my stuff, and it's not just new stuff. It's just anything that I'm listening to. It's going to be mm. new. It's going to be classics that are re-emerging it's going to be people i know that are releasing music like my friend zaza g the milf rapper oh yeah or um i like that midi and the crew midi and the crew has appeared on this show and uh he's got a whole album out now 
Mitty and the crew. Uh, his second record is out, and the third one is already in production. So, I mean, he is a factory over there. Damn. He's like my own personal Tiger King. And um, who else? Who else is on the playlist? You know, local bands that, that we play shows with um, uh, or that my other bands play shows with, um, they all end up there. It's a great playlist. And there's actually, I've been making them since October of 2020. So you got tons of them, tons of diversity. It's like Heck a time yeah. capsule that I made you that it you is. didn't even know that. about. That's what I love. That's what I love about. So pull out your goddamn phone <clears throat> and go to Spotify and find Jacob V's favorite songs on Spotify. Uh, they're dated by month. Um, you and I have talked about this before. This is a hmm. uh, something I put in my podcast notes for this week. Uh, you listen to some podcasts, right? Oh yeah. You ever hear advertisements for products like Blue Chew? Oh yeah, <laughs> dick dick pills, right? Dick pills, yeah. yeah I've been yeah. really researching this, and the population only needs sildenafil, the active ingredient in products like Blue Chew and Viagra, because okay. they eat seven hundred percent more vegetable oil than they did fifty years ago, and they take about that increase in other narcotics and medications that totally nerf your libido. Oh shit! Oh yeah. Wait, uh -huh. wait. You said what eats more? What? Yeah. Oh, vegetable oil dog there is oh so you're talking about people yeah people eat in general okay i yeah. thought you were talking no, about no our diet eats no 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 like, see we all eat nothing but fucking ranch dressing and we take zoloft yeah. and we take uh we snort cocaine or whatever the kids are doing yeah and it makes your stuff not work and so then they make these pills that is you know um uh, boner on command and they're uh and so they're just solving the problem of the pills and the hydrogenated vegetable oil with the uh with more pills it's just crazy yeah, it's well, not sustainable the day, that's, the day, that's the age we're in man it just seems like uh seems like everything is unhealthy for you nowadays well that's but, a good uh, point i guess we don't have to talk about this then you have it all figured out no, I love to hear about it because yeah. I hear about the product all and the I time. Follow, I nothing and I follow, and this guy it. was on a very famous podcast, but I don't know if he has his own podcast. But this guy I follow on TikTok named, uh, I don't remember his name. He goes by the Carnivore MD hmm. and he's a doctor who, you know, studies nutrition and, and metabolic health okay. and, uh, and kind of turned me on to some of this stuff that like we, one, we eat a lot of the wrong vegetables and we kind of act like we're not supposed to eat plants that, um, are actually made to be eaten. Like a pineapple is made to be eaten and introduced in the ecosystem that way in order to repopulate the pineapple trees. Whereas soybeans don't necessarily want to be eaten. Does it kind of come down to convenience? Well, yeah. And just, I mean, I think we really solved hunger with like, uh, with like processed foods, like hydrogenated soybean oil is in like everything it's in, it's in um, the corn. And also corn is in a lot Fucking of stuff everything. that corn doesn't need to be in. Yeah. And, you know, they use the um, the fats and the proteins and the sweeteners from those products, despite their other chemical compounds that may not be the best for our evolutionary diet. Right. Yeah. And to, you know, deliver calories as efficiently as possible. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and a lot of those plants activate processes in your body that aren't the best if you're trying to 
maintain a healthy weight and blood sugar and things like that. Right. I don't, I, he yeah. goes into it on another podcast. I'm not going to get into the biochemistry with the, the names of all the shit, right. but, um, but basically it's like, if you think of Mark Wahlberg's movie, the happening by M, M. night Shyamalan ding dong, okay. yeah. where the trees were releasing chemicals that would inhibit our own instincts of self-defense. And that's why people were throwing themselves off of buildings and stabbing themselves in the eye because you wouldn't have sensors in your brain to prevent you from engaging in those impulses. Right. That was the plot of that movie, but plot, but plants really behave that way. If a plant does not want something, some part of it to be eaten, the plants that are still around 70 million years into the earth or whatever, however long we've been here, 6,000 years, if you're a Mormon, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, those plants are still around because they've evolved defenses, things that are going to discourage animals from eating them right now. If you look at something, if you look at something that's sweet and juicy and colorful, the plant is telling animals around it that, Hey, eat this because I want you to take this and, and spread it around. So come eat this pineapple or this, um, melon or something that you know kind of occurs in a way that seems inviting to be eaten something that grows underground does not necessarily want to be dug up and eaten yeah and so there are definitely plants that um uh, are good absolutely of course for your diet but there's also a lot of plants that we eat way too much of that we did not eat this much of before we industrialized food that tell our body to store fat or to store sugar in our blood or things like that and Mm. soybeans are a huge part of that they also mess up your like hormones in your body they can estrogenize males um pretty aggressively there's some research about that now you got to eat a lot of it but people don't understand you don't have to be eating edamame to be eating soy it could be in anything you're eating it could just be in the grease that your food was fried in yeah yeah a lot (sighs) of the i feel like a lot of the things that people cook in like you were just saying aren't aren't exactly the healthiest although yeah it's it's literally not even what you're eating mm-hmm. but it's like i would say what you and what it's you not even like the, the things that people normally point to like bacon or butter or something like that those are not necessarily as weird for you to consume yeah as the sort of animal that you are um as something like a bunch of hydrogenated soybean oil if you eat four fucking packets of ranch dressing from jack in a box that's like 700 calories and it's not even a actual buttermilk product it's it's a salad dressing derived from you know made creamy and long living um non-perishable by using the soybean oil to then aerate and make fluffy and delicious it's really fun it is it's so good though. it's so fucking good oh my god would it hit your lips jesus Christ, corn yeah. syrup on your lips? <laughs> oh, Christ. There's nothing. There's a reason we do it. It's yeah. not that we shouldn't do it. Yeah, there's a reason we do it. But that's it's just like, but like, man. you know, for example, there's this guy I follow on TikTok who I'm a huge TikTok bitch, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Look at me. Oh, I love. I love I'm a TikToker. Good, now, um, there's a guy on TikTok who started his kind of uh, rise to stardom by he decided he was going to home from work, which means he was going to protest the um, hours and pay conditions of his job by choosing to live in his cubicle. It didn't go very well. It didn't last very long. And so now he lives in like weird places and he does TikTok lives doing Zumba in, in these rompers that he makes himself. But I think his diet is 100% ham and pineapple. 
What the fuck? His diet is 100% ham and pineapple. He only eats ham and pineapple. According to him, that I mean, it could be a front for maybe it was just a joke he was making, yeah. but I've seen him eating those two things several times and he kind of was talking about it once. And I'm like, oh, you know what? In the context of what we're talking about, it makes perfect sense. It does. Pineapple I mean, absolutely wants you to eat it. And I get mad at people to be like, oh, there's so much sugar in pineapple. I'm like, it's you're only mad about that because your metabolism's already it's fucked up because you fucking drink vegetable oil. Yeah, taking shots of that shit, man. Yeah, you're shooting you're shooting canola oil to the dome. Yeah. And that's why your body, you know, maybe has a little bit of a spike when you eat a little bit of fucking pineapple, Deborah. But also <laughs> ham, I'm I don't know that ham would be my first choice. But you know, I could live off of fruit and rotisserie chicken i think i could too oh dude most whenever my, whenever we've done I like chicken anyway yeah and i think i prefer chicken to most things yeah. unless i'm really gonna take my time and grill my own or fry my own steak like if i get a nice steak and i want to really take some time and season it bougie. and temp it and sear the bitch and you know what i mean yeah, and, yeah. and and fucking deglaze that pan and shit treat yourself but like i don't like to eat like ground beef like that's not like i don't yeah. I don't really like to yeah. eat hot dogs. I'd rather have something that's a little closer to what the product would look like fresh out of the animal. Right, right. There's so much shit ground up into that. And one of the things that Carnivore MD does is he eats a lot of raw liver. He eats raw beef liver every day. Yeah, which is apparently really fucking good for you. Well, and it creates like a like a that. euphoric effect, apparently, because of yeah. the chemical compounds and the nitric oxide and shit. It's like that fucking... Yeah, this is what, this is what all the, you know, billionaire broadcasters are are talking about on their shows yep. is you know what what if i only eat fucking elk that i strangled to death in the tundra <laughs> yeah. because they can you know they can afford to make those kind of decisions uh, i don't yeah. like to eat mcdonald's yeah i don't like it cheap you know if it's so cheap and easy and you can well, kind of doll it up yeah i do the bacon mcdouble like... with no pickles or onions just for the texture and i add mac sauce brother <laughs> you want to talk about soybean oil yeah and we're right back to where it's just convenient mm -hmm. you know you can go out you can you can buy a steak if i could drive up to a if i could drive up to like a kiosk and just get a rotisserie chicken and a pineapple <laughs> drive-through rotisserie chicken i seriously keep having this idea about i should do like a food truck where we just drive around and we'll drop off however many rotisserie chickens you need and maybe we'll have a bucket of mashed potatoes that we could sell you yeah. you know what i mean but you could drive around with a rotisserie in the back of the truck why not man? and so the chicken is rotisserieing while it's being delivered to you well you know what's crazy this has like absolutely nothing to do with i mean it kind of does so toasted ravioli is like a St. Louis thing. Like most people around the country do like, if you're like, have you ever had a toasted ravioli? Most people that I've came across have not known what the fuck I'm talking about. And I, well, really me and my uncle had the idea of opening up like a fucking, just a tiny little stand in Chicago selling fucking toasted raviolis. And now um, now I'm giving my secret away, but anyways, dude, your big economic plan yeah. was a single toasted ravioli cart in Chicago. Yeah, this was my big plan, man. This was my ticket out. Well, I hope no one steals that from you, but anyway, that was your ticket out. Have you ever had the Buffalo <laughs> chicken T-Rav? 
So good. Buffalo chicken crab rangoon. Oh, my wife makes those. My wife so makes the best crab rangoon because some places only have the sweet crab rangoon and yeah. the savory crab rangoon is kind of older school. Crab rangoon also originated in St. Louis or the Midwest, I believe. Oh, really? And, oh, maybe me and Barry fought about this, though. Maybe I said that to Barry and Danielle when they were on the show. And I think maybe Barry didn't believe me because it's crab rangoons all over the place now, but uh, definitely not Chinese. Yeah, speaking of that, they don't eat that shit. Speak, speaking cream of that cream cheese guy. Speaking of that berry guy. Yeah, he was supposed to host this with me last night, and then yeah, he had Barry. homework, and I was going to call him. What the fuck, Barry? But I forgot to call him. And I don't think we're going to need it for time, so uh, we'll just have you both on um, together. That'd be great if you guys <laughs> oh, I'd could. I'd love to do one with If that, you guys dude. could deal with a beef, if you guys could get some beef going, that'd be really good. Oh, we'll get some beef going. I'll punch him in the face. Um, I'll punch you in the face, Barry. Yeah. So I have to give an update to the well, listeners. I don't. Did you listen to the last episode of the show? Uh, which was where, that where with, we talked about um, JFK and Martin Luther King? Was that with and, your brother? Yeah. 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 I heard you guys talking all about um, the assassinations. Fuck. No, you guys were. I, you guys. Yeah, but you guys were talking. Fuck. What was it that you guys were bringing up? Uh, mm -hmm. God damn it. This what is good. Was it? I was so. trying to remember what the topic of like that part was i can't remember okay well while you no, think about I'm that so I, I did some more <laughs> listening to some more mlk tapes and like the whole shit is like just way it's not even as intricate as i thought it was so j edgar hoover the longtime um head of the fbi who was crooked as could be um has uh, had a lot of problems that could have contributed to some of this. For example, there's, you know, it's alleged that he was being blackmailed by the mob and that's why he never went after them. But mm -hmm. we talked on the show about how, you know, he would tap into this or how the FBI was colluding with this network of Southern criminals that they call like the Dixieland mafia. It's nowhere near as organized or as hierarchical of the East coast mafia. Mm -hmm. Like the Godfather and shit is way romantic compared to how it worked in the South in the sixties or the fifties or both. And, uh, but his assistant directly traveled to and repeatedly corresponded with um, high up business people and organized criminals in Memphis uh, to some allege plot the sanitation murders, which the, these two sanitation workers, black sanitation workers in Memphis got tumbled in the back of a truck and died. Mm -hmm. It totally looks sketchy. And so there's alleging that they coordinated that to start the strike that brought Martin Luther King to Memphis in the first place solely for that reason, to get him there so that they could uh, attempt the assassination. And this uh, they had this guy, the son of this guy, on the MLK tapes to talk about everything he knew about that, you know, oh, people often would trust my father with taking care of problematic figures like this. And there was like a whole understanding that if they could get Martin Luther King to Memphis, that this guy's family could take him out. And directly, I mean, directly, somebody who could walk out of J. Edgar Hoover's office and then jump on a plane and fly to Memphis and meet with his family repeatedly. Uh, I mean, that's actually how it happened. Yeah. So, um, and we're just up. I just, I, you know, I wrote that down when I heard it on the podcast. It's just such a interesting detail. I mean, I think I left it on the last episode feeling like um, my connections to um, all the those three different assassinations we were talking about, making it look like it was like more 
mythical that it even actually was. It totally makes sense to me that there would be networks of organized criminals anywhere, especially, I mean, certainly in the South. And it totally made sense to me how they characterized it as unique and how it wasn't like these multiple giant operations with big bosses. It was, you know, um, networks that would never even exchange money like it was all favors you know yeah. it was all like we're gonna help the fbi because they're gonna let us get away with some shit and it's never like do this for 10 grand or whatever yeah and uh and we went into how there were plans for people to try to assassinate the guy that they were trying to frame for the assassination and the whole thing and uh it's just crazy because j edgar hoover was head of the fbi for like 48 years and to think of how many things like this must have taken place. And how many things like that are probably still be taking place. Yeah, I'm sure it's different now. Like, and, and they were even getting different then on the assassinations we talked about. R.F. Kennedy, that guy had been hypnotized. Uh, the Sirhan Sirhan who killed um, or allegedly killed Robert F. Kennedy had been like under mind control and shit. So that's a different M.O. than leveraging like dumb criminals like they did in the other two murders. Yeah, that's some um, like fucking movie sh- Like that's some shit yeah. you would see in a fucking movie. Yeah. Some yeah. New subscriber, Zach, thank you so much. Feel free to hit us up on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Jacob V. Love you. I'd love to see. I don't even know what I benefit from with a Twitch uh, subscriber, but I really hope that I get more of those someday. So yeah, the sickness is deep and you know, you can't dwell on it for too long cuz it's um it's uh it's dooming. Yeah. Yeah, that is crazy though, man. That's You mm. got to be a real piece of shit to do something like that to begin with, but you got to be an even bigger piece of shit to do it for free. Oh yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah, that's a really Hey, that's a really great point. Yeah. Um, Zach, we yeah, were just catching up on um, some of our uh, some of the new music. I got a new music video with one of my bands coming out at midnight. We got a new single dropping then. We just did an episode of the Subterranean Boat Show that's available on YouTube. It's really good. We were talking about how people's dicks don't work because they eat too much soybean oil and, and they take Zoloft. And uh, then we were talking about um, J. Edgar Hoover, you know, killed Martin Luther King and, you know, the normal stuff around here. Normal stuff around here, Zach. Thank you. I'm, I'm responding to a chat here, D. I got a whole operation. Yeah, you're good. I got Your four dick monitors. Might also work too. You might not be with the wrong per- or the right person. You know, maybe it's not all these soybeans. Maybe you just gotta find somebody who can get your dick hard. Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> are you talking to me? I'm talking to whoever the myself. victim is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you well, want to hope nobody's a victim? Do you want to talk about that? I'm wearing my Sally Jesse Raphael glasses, and so I feel like uh, we could talk about this. No, so tell I'm me about. Saying, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are just, uh, you know, they they get in they get into the zone with their uh, significant other, and it doesn't work. And you know, wow. yeah, maybe it may not be the soybeans all the time. Maybe maybe it's that your partner sucks. Whoa. Do you understand that that's going to be hard for a lot of people to try to deal with? What do you do about that? I don't know, man. I guess that's uh, something that you got to figure out on your own. Hot, hot take. I know. You kind of stopped the whole, you kind of like, uh, I felt like we were winding down and then you fired me back up again. It's just, <laughs> you know, that's another thing that comes up. Um, I'm sure. Um Maybe it's a combination. It's probably a combination. Maybe. 
Do you worry about that with like your generation? Like is like a, is the, um, cause you're a little bit younger than me. And so you could speak for people that are a little bit younger than you. Do you feel like there's like some aspects of, um, society or monogamy or whatnot that don't really make sense in the context of the world that we live in? Well, I think that, um, I think that social media is really fucked. Although everybody's on it, I think it's really fucked in that site because um, it basically is an opportunity for any old any old fucking person to be like, oh man, uh, you see that person dancing in that video? You like, oh yeah. man, I could probably, you know, I could probably hang out with that person. I could probably, and in reality, it's like, well, you know, maybe not. But I think that I think that there's so many things on the internet now that um, uh, are just unrealistic for. Uh, what do you think about the guy on TikTok that he was like on a radio show or something? And he said, uh, if you have a girlfriend, she should not have an Instagram. That's cheating. I think that's fucking stupid. <laughs> OK, so OK, so you don't agree with that. I just want to clear that up because it was being alleged in the chat that maybe we're no. leaning in that direction. No, I don't. I don't think that. I think that. Um, what about how, what about just as somebody who, you know, you're um, not necessarily um on the market but you're not married so you're younger than me you're a young single guy so like I'm what if single no 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 but single meaning you're not married oh yeah, yeah yeah. that's what i was saying that all those words i said before that that's what that meant yeah okay okay, okay? and so like what if you had a, a partner who had an only fans how do you feel about that um i think that it would be one of those things that uh via uh a hard pill to swallow because obviously you don't want your partner out there um showing what they got to so do the you world, feel like but also on the other end if if that's their way of of going about it and making a living mm-hmm. is as long as they're faithful to I was talking they are with, to a friend you know? of the show about this the other night and uh, he said dude OnlyFans is expensive and uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. A lot of those people make a lot of fucking money. And you well, know that's what? the thing. So Zach is bringing up exactly what I wanted to talk about. That if um, so it's a twofold question. Option A, um, you start dating someone and they're totally upfront that they have an OnlyFans and it's something they do to supplement their income. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that relationship for you continues? And is it cooler because that knowledge was out in the open? Because you kind of yeah. ma- you kind of made it sound like maybe the situation was that it comes out oh, it that comes you're up like that you're oh, dating yeah, someone. Yeah. Who, what you've had all OnlyFans that we've been dating for eight weeks. Like what yeah. are you talking? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think definitely if that's the case, up. So up Zach front is, is yeah. So you're saying if they're upfront, but here's my question. So of course you want them to be upfront about it because you don't want it to be like a secret because that makes it like a problem, right? Yeah. However, are you going to continue into a more and more serious relationship with somebody? who has an active OnlyFans. I guess it would really depend on how deep that connection is. If Because if, if it's one of those things where it's kind of like, eh, to begin with, probably not. But if it's somebody that you are super into and that's, you know, how they have been making a living, I'm not going to ask anybody to change uh, their life based on me because I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want any, it, it's kind of like, like, um, 
being in a sense a, like a working musician for example like it's like it's like a give and take it's like yeah kind of sucks knowing that that anybody can see that but also if the love is there the love is there it's kind of like being like a working musician not that i am a working musician I, I am a musician but i wouldn't say that that's how i make my living right now but it's like if if i were in a position where i was going to be gone six months a year and somebody came up to me and was like and we, i was talking to somebody and they were like well i want you to stop that because um i'm here now mm -hmm. i would not yeah. want i would definitely yeah stray away from that and if that's the case then i'm assuming the person who's on OnlyFans would probably not be into that to begin with anyways so illuminating so great mm -hmm. now what about all these middle-aged people that are that are converting to polyamory instead of getting divorced um have you heard about this like people in their like 40s like swinger okay swingers? but it's not necessarily that kind of like that has a very specific connotation of being a a thing that people did every now and then to be crazy and fun. Okay. Whereas people actually have like full relationships with other married people openly with hmm. all the married people involved. And it's like a way for them to elicit some of that freedom without going through with like a traditional divorce and a custody agreement. It's like, no, we're going to co-parent. And we're going to stay married and I'm just going to have a romantic relationship with this lady and her husband's going to have a romantic relationship with another lady and you're yeah. going to go date dudes and like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's this huge trend of people around the age of 40 I'm noticing really? that are that are experiencing this. Huh. Is the polyamory thing as common with younger people? Like do you, do you ever find yourself, did you ever find yourself meeting people that, um, uh, that, are kind of in open relationships. It's something I get asked um, about a lot. It's not something that's for me. I don't. Yeah. I don't even have the desire. I, oh no, that's. I'd not like for to be good either. at one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not for me either. But I do. I do see um, people. I see why people maybe if they have been in a committed relationship and they're still young, wanting to still experiment. Um, like I said, that's not for me, but I could see how, um, that would definitely come up with people, you know, especially being young and, you know, not, not knowing fully what the fuck is going on. I could see. Do you I think it's sustainable? That, like if you no, were like, I don't think so. You, I mean, it, right. It doesn't ever. I can't speak for anybody but myself, but for me, I do, I, I, I do not see. I don't see that being sustainable, really, unless there are just the it's two most open people in the world. It's an interesting um, topic, and Zach just dropped a statistic in the chat. We do stream yeah, these live, and uh, you can follow us on Twitch or Facebook or YouTube. But the uh, Zach is saying, um, if you look at the numbers of people that study this stuff, apparently thirty percent of straight men are dating ninety percent of straight women. Wait, wait, wait. Thirty percent. Thirty percent of straight men are in the dating pool, with ninety percent of straight women. So does that mean? So that means there's like seventy percent of dudes who aren't in the market, and then statistically speaking, there'd be more women with multiple partners than men with multiple partners. Oh, yeah. Well, I could see that. How? Why? 
I'm not um, disagreeing. I just want to know. No, yeah, I could see that because I feel like, um, mm-hmm. I feel like women for women, there are, I don't know if this is like bad to say or anything, but there's always options, you know, for men, there might not be always be options. I don't know why that is or how that is, but, um, temptations temptation temptations um are a real thing and if 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 there's seven guys at the bar and you're an attractive person then there's potential to be seven people who will come up and buy you a drink whereas if there were seven girls at a bar there and you're an attractive guy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. You're an attractive guy. Uh, well, in, I don't know. I just feel like you're I just tall. Feel like you're in shape. You have that beautiful hair. Options. So, I mean, how um, do you do you have uh, older women approach you when you're at Hot Shots? Um, not not a lot. Oh, I mean, that's unfortunate. I, I, I would think that I, number I would be around, higher. I stick around. Uh, I stick around this this local bar called the Get Down. Do older part. women ever come up to you and be like, you're so beautiful? I had a woman kiss me on the mouth at mile 277 one time, RIP. Not the woman, oh, yeah. the bar. The bar Just walk up to you and kiss you on she, the mouth? She walked out, she was hammer drunk, and she <laughs> said, you look like a scene out of a movie. And she kissed me what? on the mouth. Dude, that would probably creep me out. Yeah. And then we went to the handlebar. Ooh, not me and the, the lady. Not me and the lady. Yeah, me yeah. And my- <laughs> you, just, you, you went to the handlebar afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know. I feel like we're also entering. Have you a much ever been kissed on the mouth time. by uh, an older lady unsolicited? No, <laughs> no, I definitely haven't. But I will tell you one thing. I was at the slightly stupid concert one time, and there was this big old dude, like oh. like six, like six eight, like big fucking dude, like linebacker NFL style dude. And there was this dude in front of me who had kind of like longer hair. I guess you could like, he he had more feminine qualities than most males do. And this fucking weird dude turns around and he, he, the way his eyes look, he was, he was fucking, he was bug eyed as fuck, man. Like he, he was on something and he turns around and he kisses this fucking dude, like turns around, grabs his face and kisses him on the mouth. And this dude and his friends, like obviously push him away. And then he realizes that he had just kissed a man and he gave the surprised face, turned around and walked away. And this dude turns around to us and is like, what the fuck just fucking happened? Did that dude just kiss me? I hope that wasn't me. Um, shit, man. It, he might have kissed you, but but it wasn't you. It was a it was a small small skinny blonde dude with long hair, but um, yeah, I don't. That would that would be very very weird to have that happen to you. So, yeah, that's I'm great. sorry, Jacob, that that happened to you. I'm no, sure that was I traumatizing. Mean, it was pre-COVID, so I was. I mean, it was. <laughs> it wasn't as alarming as it would be present day, and I wasn't married yet. I was with yeah. my wife, but we weren't married. So she was upset though. She wanted to fight that lady. She wasn't there, so she had to find oh, out about yeah. it later. My girlfriend would want to fight. Oh that yeah, lady I'm too. like, I can't pick her out of a lineup. I mean, yeah. she was blonde. <laughs> she was old. She was my mom's age, easily. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like we're we're entering a much more accepting um, age, not not age. I feel like we're ex- we're 
coming into a much more accepting time all around. Like tattoos, sexuality, gender, everything. I feel like, and I feel like every generation has been like that where every generation is more accepting than the last generation. But I feel like there has been like a super spike in the past like 10 to 15 years. And um, I, I don't know. Who what knows? do you attribute that to? Hmm. I would say, I would say back to social media because everything is being seen now. So visibility. And yeah. I would say like the, uh, the homophobia and the racism and everything that you see now through Instagram, Facebook, 30, I don't know when Facebook, I don't know, probably like 20, 30 years ago you weren't a hundred years ago before facebook yeah yeah you weren't you weren't seeing that um every single day on your feed and um yeah i don't know i would i would just say that's 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 a direct correlation to it because you're seeing how it actually like how shit actually affects people and what's actually happening in like the world you know that's amazing yeah well let's wrap this up i think this is a topic worth revisiting and i so appreciate you being here and uh and i want to talk about um the stuff that we're actually here to promote we have uh no antics making the round subterranean boat show new video and single on youtube at midnight tonight it's going to be april 8th here in a minute and uh dd i just so appreciate uh, the work we get to do i'm so glad you could join me today and I love you. Uh, I love you and the, it's mutual and it's okay. And because it's 2022, two men can have love. Yes, absolutely. You know what I mean? Like we do. And I can say full heartedly that I love you, Jacob. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, full heart means you're like sad or drunk. Yeah, like, like, yeah. Yeah. Guys, that's another episode of Jacob V Weekly High Five. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google, whatever. Please subscribe, rate, review, share. Any interaction is good for the show. Uh, we have an Instagram page for the show at Jacob V Weekly where we post uh, content and uh, highlights and less and less now that you know we don't have an editor, but we'll be okay. We'll be back. You can contact the show. Um, with questions or topics for future discussion we have an email address jacobvweekly at gmail.com or you can call the show and leave a voicemail 314-632-6602 that's 314-632-6602 you can find original music by no antics blended by stereo jacob v too deep all over all your favorite platforms you can find music by other more exclusive projects previously on uh, our patreon the only way to support the show patreon.com slash jacob v shout out to caddy shack we did it be safe high five